The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the upcoming International Association of Privacy Professionals Global Summit, which takes place in Washington, D.C., beginning on March 4th. And we are going, so we're excited about that. And I'm actually on a panel presenting, and we're going to be doing radio interviews there. So it's really exciting. And we're speaking today with the publications director to find out all about this, because this is really an exciting program that happens once a year. And I just am thrilled to to talk about about it and have all of our audience across the world know a little bit more about since privacy is such an important issue in this information age. So today we're going to be talking with Sam Fife and let me tell you a little bit about him. As I said, he's the publications director and as publications director, he oversees everything from the daily dashboard, which we're going to talk about, to the monthly privacy advisor, to the IAPP's various blogs, books, and resource center items. And he came to the IAPP after since overseeing a number of business-to-business publications, including titles in the physical security and 3D uh, data capture industries. He began his journalism career with the alternative news weekly, The Portland Phoenix, and he still writes a music column for the paper on weekly on a weekly basis. And he, um, interestingly enough, he spent two years as a high school English teacher in New Hampshire. And he told me that he is a uh, guitarist and a singer. He's going to sing and play his guitar at the IAPP conference with uh, with another person, and they are going to change the words of some songs to privacy words. So I'm really excited to hear that. But you can find out more about him at KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy, where we have his picture and his bio, and also at PrivacyAssociation.org. So I'm so thrilled that you joined us, Sam. Thank you for joining us. 
Well, thank you for having me, Mari. I very much appreciate it. Well, you've got a lot of stuff on your plate. Before we begin, why don't we talk a little bit about the association for people who haven't heard about it and they're listening in for the first time. Let's tell them what is the International Association of Privacy Professionals Association. Yeah, so uh, we are the world's largest privacy organization. We have 20,000 members now. Uh, We've actually... Uh, only been around really a short time in the greater scheme of things. Uh, we were founded 15 years ago with about 300 members of people who were just starting to get titles like chief privacy officer or general counsel who's privacy lead. And uh, it took us about uh, 12 years to get our first 10,000 members. And then we've really been growing very quickly. In the last two years, we've added another 10,000 to get to 20,000. And it's for all the reasons you might think. Uh, We are not an advocacy organization. What we do is give people the tools and education and training and then eventually certification that they know how to handle data responsibly, that they know how to comply with the global laws uh, concerning the way that data needs to be handled, and uh, really hopefully give them uh, a way to increase their value in the organization and increase the value of privacy professions all around the world. Yes, and I see that you oversee the Daily Dashboard, so let's tell everybody about the Daily Dashboard that I get in my mailbox, my email all the time. Absolutely. So uh, we think this is the premier clipping service uh, for privacy in the world. It comes into your mailbox uh, Every day, it is completely and totally free of charge, and because we're a privacy organization, uh, all we ask is for your email address, no, uh, no PII whatsoever required, and uh, what we do is just keep you posted on uh, the biggest news in privacy every day uh, from around the world. There'll be dispatches from Hong Kong and Australia, Korea, obviously the United States and Europe, where privacy is really hot-button news right now, and uh, hopefully people... Get some value out of it. Uh, you know, we often have our own uh, contributions in there as well from the privacy advisor, which is really, you know, your how-to on how to do privacy in your organization. And then we also have our blogs, uh, the privacy perspectives, which is kind of the op-ed page of uh, of privacy, and privacy tracker, where our members can follow developments in uh, privacy law all around the world. I know, it's fascinating. And I know that um, I, for those people, and especially because we're on the campus of the University of California, so we have young people here that listen a, a, a alongside the business owners that drive by, but it's uh, it's really important for them to, like, See what we've got at privacyassociation.org because if you are interested, this is a fast growing area and you can become certified and you got to take a test. And that was, you know, I, I studied for it and I became a CIPP about, I don't know, eight years ago or so. And uh, and it really is a wonderful designation for you if you want to get that um you know, get into companies and work in the privacy area or security area or IT or anything. It, it surely is a, is a help to have certification. So just tell them what the different certifications are. There's the CIPPUS, which I am, which means yep. Certified Information Privacy Professional. And then, you, then tell them about the other ones. Sure. So we have uh, a couple of different flavors of the CIPP. We have the one for U.S., which covers U.S. law. Then we have one, the CIPPG, that is directed 
uh, solely towards people who work in the federal government and are governed by the Privacy Act of 1947, uh, 1974. Uh, then we have CIPPC for Canada, covering all the Canadian privacy laws. And we have CIPPE for uh, Europe. Uh, obviously, the EU takes privacy very differently than uh, the U.S. does. And then uh, we also have two relatively new certifications, the CIPM, the Certified Information Privacy Manager, which is for the operational implementation of privacy in organizations, and then the CIPT, the Certified Information Privacy Technician, for those people who are in the IT space and need to know which privacy uh, laws and which privacy best practices they need to comply with as they handle data inside of organizations. So you, you kind of have it from both sides, either from the operational and legal side of things or from the operational and IT side of things. Yeah, and they have lots of resources and classes so that you can pass that test because the one I took was not easy. I felt like I was taking the bar again. So. No, and we're actually in the middle of getting all of our certifications uh, ANSI accredited. So these, now we are getting our certifications certified. All right. Uh, which we are, uh, it's a very big process, but it's forced us to really re-examine all of our training and all of our uh, testing procedures, and uh, it's going to come out with uh, really a rock-solid certification on the backside. All right. So let's talk now about this upcoming summit. All right. So what what's that all about? <laughs> well, the Global Privacy Summit is the largest sum, uh, privacy conference in the world. Uh, we expect to have 3,000 people there this year. And uh, it's really for people of all stripes of privacy. Uh, we have obviously a lot of people who do privacy in the private sector and large companies like Microsoft and Google and Yahoo and Intel. Then we also have privacy advocates, we have government workers, we have academics, uh, really anybody who is sort of thinking deeply about privacy and working with privacy on an everyday basis, uh, you really have to be at the summit because that's where all the, uh, really the conversations happen. We have four out of five FTC commissioners speaking, we have the head of enforcement for the FCC, we have 16 data protection authorities from around the world who will be presenting. Uh, it's, it's really the place to be, Mari. It's the place to be. I know. And even IT people, because we're finding that, you know, you, you really can't have privacy without security. Of course, you can have security without privacy, but you surely can't have real privacy without having security. So even the security professionals are really getting very involved in our organization. Who are some of the big uh, keynotes that are coming in? Well, uh, we really sort of went all out this year. Uh, I just got off the phone, uh, actually, with Glenn Greenwald, who's our lead keynote speaker. Uh, I think most people know Glenn as the reporter for The Guardian who broke the Edward Snowden story. Uh, he was the source where uh, <coughs> Snowden sent all the documents through, whether they were published in the Washington Post or their uh, in the Guardian, and, you know, he's really become someone who's right at the center of this really global privacy discussion that we're having about, uh, you know, what access the government has to what data and which citizens are protected by which jurisdictions. Uh, you know, now he's living in Rio, and it was actually uh, quite a coup for us to get him to come back to the United States and, and speak to our conference. And then we also have uh, the ethicist Michael Sandel. He is uh, someone that people might be familiar with for his 
a class called Justice at Harvard, which was made into a series of videos by WGBH here in Boston. And uh, what he does is really explore the ethics of day-to-day business life and and day-to-day social life. And so he's going to get people thinking about what their ethical and moral obligations are as they go about data handling in their organizations. Mm. And then we have uh, Sarah Lewis, who is a uh, art curator and academic. Um, she's going to talk about the vital connection between privacy and creativity. Uh, and then we have uh, Kent Walker, who is the ge- chief general counsel for Google, a company that some people might have heard of. <laughs> And uh, last but certainly not least, we have Oren Yakovovich, who is the CEO of Videre, and he presents a really interesting kind of counterpoint to all this in that what he does is distribute recording devices, video cameras and audio devices, to uh, you know, oppressed populations around the world, and uh, he really helps them kind of turn surveillance back on the surveillers and by recording, uh, you know, human rights violations and, and other things around the world, he, allow, he really empowers these populations uh, to, to tell their story and, and to show the world what's going on. So, you know, we have uh, privacy, and then we also have, you know, when privacy uh, is trumped by other bigger and uh, more grand aspirations. So it's really, it's really a great mix of keynotes. I'm super excited about it. Oh, yeah. You always have the best keynotes. I've interviewed quite a few of them, you know, on my show, either before or after or during, and it's always just fascinating. I'd love to speak with Glenn Greenwald. Ha- have you gotten any pushback about him being such a controversial figure? Well, yeah, there, there's definitely... You know, we have a lot of, uh, for instance, the chief privacy officer of Lockheed is on our board. Mm. Um, so there's certainly, you know, a great deal of people in government or just people in private life who think what uh, Edward Snowden did and through Glenn Greenwald, what they did uh, was, you know, they, some people think they're traitors. Yeah, some uh, people think they're heroes and some people think they're traitors. Exactly. And so... You know, we are not an advocacy organization, but what we think is important is for everybody doing privacy to hear what Glenn has to say about his experience, to hear Glenn's thoughts on Edward's motivations for what he did, uh, to, to really get people thinking, and even if they disagree, to at least understand the other position. Right, uh, right. Because it's, it's uh, you know, he might be a polarizing figure, but there's no doubt that they really just completely brought privacy to the forefront of the international discussion. And without them, it's a very different place for privacy professionals. Right, right. So what do you see as the big themes here this, this coming year? Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of them, obviously. But I think the ones that are rising to the top, uh, first of all, is ethics. Um, I think, you know, we've sort of gotten to the point in the privacy world where uh, compliance, is not enough. Uh, mm-hmm. So whether you know the laws and you make sure that every single one of those boxes is checked off and you're, you're quite certain that you're not going to get fined by the FTC, that doesn't mean that you can't creep out your customers. That doesn't mean that the new technology that you've developed that the law doesn't cover still might break that bond of trust that you have with your customers. And so people are starting to ask the question of just because I can do something, does that mean I should do that thing? 
Right, right. And, you know, I think we've seen that, uh, you know, just in the last six months, uh, a company like Uber, the way that uh, they've had to really rethink the way that they handle their customers' data because of the reaction uh, in the media and among their customer base with some things like their God view or, you know, tracking journalists. Uh, I'm not sure they knew the consequences of what they were doing and, and what the reaction would be, and now they got the reaction, and they really, you know, rejiggered the way that they think about privacy. So I, I think that's a huge theme at this point. Right, right. Yeah, I know we're doing a program, several of us. I have um, a gentleman from the Federal Trade Commission, and we have someone from uh, background check companies, and then the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse and I are doing a program on the privacy implication of background checks, and we're seeing now everybody and their brother, when you're trying to get a job or get promoted, they're doing background checks. So that's we're talking about the the ethics of it and also the, the laws and, and how to avoid getting getting sued if you're an employer. So that's, um, we're excited to do that one. So Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's a great example is, you know, just because you can find somebody's Facebook profile and they've happened to leave it open as public, does that give you the right to look at those things that, you know, they might consider personal and weren't really thinking that their employer would take a look at? Exactly. So how about some of the other things that are going to be going on besides you playing the uh, guitar and singing for us? What? Let's talk about some of the, the networking and all the great stuff. I mean, this is it's jam-packed into like two and a half days, but it's <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love to go. I see all my friends in the privacy community from all over the world, but, you know, there is so much going on. Why don't you tell a little bit about the networking and some of the other stuff? Absolutely. So uh, it We've really upped our networking game this year. Uh, for instance, we have our first ever movie night. We'll be showing uh, Citizen Four in the uh, in a big area where you can uh, bring your Skittles or your uh, popcorn <laughs> or whatever you'd like and, and watch a privacy themed film. Which is uh, you know, Citizen Four is the for those people that don't know the documentary that uh, Laura, Laura Poitras, who is Glenn Greenwald's editor put together about the Edward Snowden release. Mm. So we never we never shown a movie at Summit before, so we're looking forward to that. When is that? Is that uh, that is on uh, Thursday night? Thursday night, main, okay. Main days. Uh, we have, as always, our run and walk. So on uh, Thursday and Friday mornings, you can uh, get up and run a five k with your privacy friends. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also have these great peer-to-peer roundtables that we've put together. So uh, we have, for instance, our uh, IEPP Weston Research Fellows are leading roundtable discussions on privacy information in children or privacy in small businesses, uh, the education sector. We have Ross Fettergreen doing a roundtable on small uh, privacy consultation firms. We have uh, meetups of KnowledgeNet, so maybe you're, you've gone to KnowledgeNet in, uh, in, I don't know, where there's all over Topeka, Kansas, and you want to get together with your friends at Summit, you can do that. Uh, we also have a uh, ping-pong dim sum gathering for uh, young professionals, uh, which is right, right, around the corner from, uh, right around the corner from the venue, and that's going to be hosted uh, by Julian Flamont and Dennis Holmes, uh, Guys are under 30. Book signings, you know, we, we, it's really, uh, obviously there's the privacy bash. You don't want to miss the privacy bash, which is going to be the, the biggest party in privacy. Yeah, that's Wednesday night, right? That's also that's the privacy bash. 
crashes also Thursday night. Oh, there's Thursday night. Oh, lots going on Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. So um, what about, you know, people think that, that it's it's not just the keynotes. There's lots and lots of other workshops going on and speaking, like I told you, the, the panel that I'm doing on Friday morning. So tell, them, uh, tell us a little bit about those. Absolutely. So uh, we do have a, we have a call for presentations process uh, where people submit uh, breakout sessions and active learning sessions and roundtable discussions that, that they want to present, and we have our education advisory board help us pick a really rounded slate of uh, breakout sessions and uh, you know ways for you to get privacy learning really from all around the world. There is. Some people, those people who are certified, they have to get uh, continuing privacy education hours, and so we try to give them a full slate of those from Canada and Europe and the government. Uh, but uh, we also have, you know, for instance, we just have our conversations in privacy, which is, you know, when two or three, uh, you know, sort of leading figures in privacy get together on stage and, and just just have a discussion with each other. Uh, for instance, we have... Uh, Omer Tene, our VP of uh, Research and Education, talking with Jessica Rich, who uh, is the director of the Consumer Protection Bureau. Or we have uh, Ryan Kahlo, who is an academic uh, out at Stanford, talking with Edith Ramirez, who's the head of chairwoman of the FTC. Uh, or we have uh, Peter Fleischer from Google talking with Paul Nemitz of the European Commission about uh, the right to be forgotten. Uh, so those are really don't miss. And then uh, lastly, we have our Game Changers stage for the first time this year where we have TED-style keynotes for the entirety of the conference. So mm. if, you're, if you're into more of a thought-provoking, high-end AV type of experience, uh, you can just go and watch keynotes for the entire time. So wow. it's, uh, it's really new and different for us this year. Yeah, I think the hardest part for me is that I can't go to everything. You know, I, that's that's the part. But I think what what you're going to be doing is putting up all of the powerpoints up for uh, on the website so people can download them so they can look at them ahead of time. Isn't that right? Absolutely. All of our attendees and our members can uh, can download all of the powerpoints from all of the sessions. Uh, we usually have them up about a week before the event. Yep. Yes, I know. That's really wonderful. So another fun thing is the exhibit hall. I love to go to the exhibit hall, and and, uh, Lloyd and I always interview the various exhibitors to find out what what their products do to enhance privacy. So tell us about how that's going. And, and they always have really fun food and things that, <laughs> and toys that they give away. So I, I go to the exhibit hall always. Tell Absolutely. us about that. Well, so this is, uh, you know, it's sold out. So uh, we're very excited about that. And uh, I won't get into naming individual exhibitors because I don't want to leave anybody out. But, you know, what we've really tried to do at the IEPP is make people aware of the privacy solutions that are out there, whether it's software, whether it's dashboards, whether it's uh, compliance tools, uh, whether it's consultants that you can bring into your organization to help you figure out a better way to do privacy. Uh, I think for a long time, privacy was really just people with Microsoft Word and Excel and some legal background, uh, you know, trying to just throw uh, person hours at it. And we've really started to finally get some technology to help people do privacy, uh, you know, give them some tools so that they're not out there on their own, so that they can benchmark against other people, so that they can, 
you know, really make their way into the next generation of privacy, which goes beyond, uh, you know, sort of writing up memos and gets into actually sort of doing this privacy by design that we hear about so much. You know, the IAPP being a, a little nonprofit, I don't know how many are, of you are there of you. You're in New Hampshire, right? We are in New Hampshire. We're not quite as little as we used to be. Right, uh, right. But we're up around uh, 80 people now. Oh, you're up to 80 people. Yeah. So you're a nonprofit. This is, you put on stuff all over the, the world, basically. And this is the biggest one, right? This is the, the biggie. The summit is the biggest one, absolutely. But we have uh, we have some other big events. We have an event in London in April. We have an event in uh, Singapore in May. We have an event in Toronto in May. And then we have our biggest European event in the first week of December in Brussels. And then we have a few small events. We have a D.C. event that's in the fall for government people. We have a New York event uh, that's a little bit more focused on the financial services sector. So, yeah, we're, we're all over the world and just getting bigger. So that, what's that like to put together these, all these conferences, especially this one? Well, <laughs> it can be a little bit challenging. You know, we have more than 200, uh, <coughs> excuse me, we have more than 200 speakers at Summit, so wrangling all of them can be a challenge for sure. And uh, trying to program something in Singapore is definitely not easy. Uh, just trying to get someone to reply to an email when there's a 13-hour time difference is yeah. a challenge. Now, do you get to go to all of those? I do. I go to uh, all of our events, and so I, so I head up the programming of them. So, Oh, what fun. i gotta got to make sure that uh, I didn't do a crappy job, you know? Oh, I know. I went to the one in, in Toronto. That's when, I don't know how many years ago that was, but that's when I took my, my test to become a CIPP. So that was, that was fun, you know, especially because I think the interesting thing for people who are you know, living in this country is to to learn about how privacy is really different, like in the European Union and in um, New Zealand and Australia, and although those they're similar, and and other countries. And so, um, maybe you could just talk just real briefly about how we're a little bit different. You were talking before about how the Europeans are different than we are. So how how you know, just give us like a little <laughs> overview of that. It, you know, I, I always tell people, well, it's opt-in or opt-out, and just give them a, just a, a little tidbit about that. Sure, absolutely. I mean, the, uh, the privacy divide between the U.S. and the EU uh, is, is a huge topic uh, at all of our events because it's really gotten to be less about privacy and more about global trade. Yes. And everybody sort of in, on the base level knows that we need a good way to be able to send data around the world because it's just the way we do business now. Every, every company is trying to be global, and because of the Internet, all of us have customers uh, all around the world. But uh, we have different opinions on who should have access to that data and what can be done to that data. And the EU sees privacy as this fundamental right sort of, baseline and, and pre-democracy and pre-government uh, that, you know, really they feel should be inalienable, whereas in the U.S., where it's more of a constitutional right in the, in the you know, it's sort of set in the foundations of, of the Fourth Amendment. And this has, you know, even though it doesn't seem all that different, uh, it's really led to, for instance, the right to be forgotten that I mentioned earlier. Right. Uh, just this, this idea that, uh, 
uh, information that is true about you could still not be appropriate to put on the Internet because it's outdated and it now you know, casts aspersions on your character that are, that are not consistent with the way your life is now. Right, because we're not the same that we were when we were 13 or 14 years old or 16 or 18. Yeah. Whereas in the U.S., our, you know, right to the freedom of expression really trumps all that because uh, we have the right to publish anything we want as long as it's true. So, you know, we we get, we come up on some of these fundamental discords and uh, they play out in things like the safe harbor agreement that allows companies to transfer data between the United States and Europe. And uh, some of those agreements are starting to fray uh, partially because of Edward Snowden and Glenn Greenwald and uh, the revelations about how much access the U.S. government has to the data of foreign citizens that really didn't sit well with a lot of Europeans, uh, as you might imagine, that uh, all their communications with the United States are our free game for the NSA to take a peek at. And so, that's and that's a perfect way to end because we are just out of time. So that's exciting because we're going to be going to hear Glenn Greenwald and hear about Edward Snowden, all this kind of stuff. So you are just wonderful, Sam. I can't wait to meet you in person. It'll be great. So we're all excited about this upcoming IAPP conference. So thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in D.C., Mari. Okay. Okay, see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website, KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.